Pitch Invasion. It's episode 3.2. Welcome to all of you listening and lending an ear uh, to all of us here as we look ahead and be and. Uh, back rather at uh, what has been uh, the headline moments in uh, the world of football over the past week but we cannot start the show without sending our dearest condolences as well it is a, a sad way that we start uh, today Sinatemba Yankee is no more a Free State Stars footballer 30 years of age uh, died was it yesterday or a couple of days ago Monday morning uh, due to a car accident and unfortunately he's not the first and uh, unfortunately even more unfortunate it is that he probably won't be the last in South African football. It is a sad day indeed, and we send all our condolences to all those that are close to him, his friends, his family, and of course to Free State Stars and the football public in South Africa at large. Sir Timbajanji, do rest in peace. It was a moment that uh, I guess Ola took quite some time to register because a lot of people were focusing on a big game that was coming up in South African football and then when it did happen especially on April Fools there were those that felt that maybe perhaps it was a bit of a hoax coming from uh, Free State Stars it wasn't no it wasn't and it's sad that you know we you know we're losing footballers young you know and maybe there's something that you know you know the PSL might want to address you know uh, bring in um, I know just to be uh, off topic I know in um, the NFL for example before the rookies in the first season they've got like a rookie camp where they bring in counselors they bring in all sorts of uh, uh, guiders if I can put it that way be it financial emotional and support to help the rookies that listen um, you're about to get lots of money you're about to get big houses, cars, yeah. and so forth. Here's how you manage, here's how you should manage. So like a guideline uh, and guidance to those players. And you know, this is another sort of avenue that the PSL might want to look into and say players that are in the league, you know, obviously he's 30 years old, but there are players coming in, yeah. um, you know, that m might need that guidance to say, guys, listen, um, you know, you will have lots of money. You will have fast cars. You know, just be careful. In an instant, it could end. Yeah. Your either your career, as you saw with um, the Kaiser Chiefs player, uh, Wiseman uh, Meiwa, and you know, now even worse with uh, Janji. So, I think a lot can be done before we get to you know the level of either Meiwa or Janji to the players to say, guys, this is not the first example. Now this is the fifteenth mm. or the twentieth. You know. So we need to make sure that our young players coming up, you know, learn from this in some way to say, listen, um, look after yourselves on and off the pitch, yeah. especially off the pitch. Yeah, I mean, Emika, you've been involved in South African football for a while. You've been watching the game for a while and uh, you've heard this story way too many times. Yeah, I mean, look, it, 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 it was really sad when I, when I saw it and um, I actually initially thought it was some... Um, April, April Fool's thing, um, but it's really unfortunate because we've, we've had this this over and over. And uh, like Ola said, I think it's it's important that that we now begin to look at how, how can we get these players into into a room mm. and try and take them through what and what they need to to start looking out for because it's it's one death too many. And look, people will die. I mean, there will always be people who are sick. There will be, there'll be a lot of instances. But um, road accidents, you know, for me. Um, this is just uh, one too many. We, we we need to get the players um, into a certain kind of mindset where mm. they, they realize that that this is a problem and needs to be to be addressed. It's quite unfortunate, and you know my my condolences to to, to his family and also to his club and all his friends and family and generally to the uh, South African football 
fraternity because um, you know for a, for a player who's who's been part of our our ecosystem for a while you know it's unfortunately it's quite sad to, to to see him go like that it is extremely sad and indeed condolences to the family and friends and uh, free state stars as well and i've got them in mind because you know they're, they're at the moment involved in a battle to survive in the top flight so this could be uh, you know a case of you know does it does it now inspire them to go on and play for him and 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 you know you know win uh, the games that they need to, to in order to survive or could it have an adverse uh, you know uh, effect as far as uh, their their survival bit is concerned Connor? i think you know sometimes uh, every team goes through a, a period within the season where you know a spark is found from something yeah. and it's just sad and unfortunate that you know sometimes it comes from you know um death where mm -hmm. i mean you saw it with um uh, I think it was le with the Leicester City um, yep. uh, fans uh, when their owner uh, passed away, you know, with the helicopter crash. And, you know, somehow it just, you know, sparked, you know, it revived the club in, mm. in some way. And you saw it with Cardiff, with Emiliano Salas. So sometimes these moments do, you know, lift players, do lift the club, do mm. lift the community to rally, you know, behind, you know, either the, the player, the, fa the player's family, and it can boost the players as well on the field. So I think they can find, you know, in a strange way, you know, some sort of inspiration, you know, leading to the, you know, um, uh, the fight for relegation yeah. uh, going forward. Mm. Well, he was a big part of uh, Free State Stars' plans as well and uh, played, uh, started a number of games this season. So, indeed, condolences to Sinatemba Yankee's family and friends. Now, we did mention that game that uh, everyone was looking forward to on a strange day. <laughs> it has to be said, a Monday, uh, you had Orlando Pirates up against Mamelodi Sundowns in Orlando. And first and foremost, Dimika, they have to applaud the fans uh, for filling the stadium even though uh, by all accounts it was very difficult to get in yeah i mean it was it was um it was the first thing i look i i looked for when when i switched on to the game mm. and and i was very very impressed and I, and I thought you know this was a credit to south african football because usually you will think it's only when kaiser chiefs and, and pirates play yes so in recent times sundowns uh pirates um have become a big big pool but for mm. for, for the moment and for a monday night i think it was it was just magic, and I, I, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that there were no goals because yeah. that that would have li really lifted the crowd. But you could see even at the end of the game when they were when they were applauding that they they they, they knew that they were onto something, mm. uh, you know. And, and at the end of the day, I think it's it's a huge credit that that we we can get more and more of these games. And you know, I look forward to also uh, Paris against Vitz, uh, which is in a few days. So um, it, it's it's amazing. Yeah, really uh, amazing season we're having, and yesterday just kind of. Uh, that game epitomized everything. Yeah, no, it really did. I mean, you mentioned that the lack of goals, but the, 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 some of the, the, the quality of the football, especially in the first half, was really remarkable. And you know, I guess it, it, it added further fuel to the fire when it comes to a game between these two teams, which has, I think, you know, a lot of people within the public uh, have... And there, 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 were, there were attempts at goals. So yeah. Let's not um, uh, forget that there, there was a remarkable piece of goalkeeping as well. Yes. To have his lips uh, shown together. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it was, it, it was remarkable. It really was remarkable. The first half was, was you know, probably the, the best 45 minutes we've seen all season um, when it comes to a game of this stature. But uh, I, was, I was mentioning the fact that a lot of people feel that this is 
as far as quality is concerned, the best game in South African football. It's been like that maybe for five, four or five seasons. And yet again, we saw that yesterday. Yeah, Sundell's Pirates to me, uh, unfortunately, has taken over the sort of derby for me. It's been that way for years. And I think the, the, the really, um, I think the last couple of years with Sundowns and Pirates, uh, they've been in the title hunt. I mean, mm. even last season, they played a game which Sundowns lost to Pirates at um, Orlando Stadium. Yeah. Sorry, at uh, Loftus Festfeld, where yeah, even the, 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 the title was also at stake. So to have them again playing this late in the season when the title's at stake, mm. it only produces good football. And I'm actually glad that they actually brought the game on a Monday. And I'll tell you why. I think maybe it sort of just opens up something new in the country in the sense that, okay, Let's see how we fare out with Monday fixtures. I mean, you look at all the top leagues, La Liga, the Serie mm. uh, the Premier League, of course. You know, they, they fit in those games on a Sunday. And uh, on Monday evening, sorry. And I think it was just quite interesting to see that, listen, you know, we can push games on a Monday evening. Yeah. And, you know, the turnout can still be good. Because I think th there are some games that I think we force certain games on a Tuesday. We force them on a Tuesday. Mm. Or we force, you know, uh, double headers on, on, uh, on weekends where maybe it would be best to just have one uh, main feature game and another one on Monday. So I think it was actually quite interesting and uh, good um, for the public that they turned out on a Monday night. Yeah. It really was. For, 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 me, for, me, for me, I think, I think they, should, they should begin to, to look at Monday and Friday um, mm. because, you know, it's in Europe, especially Monday, Monday is a big night in, in a lot of the big, big European leagues and we need to begin to look at putting good, good games on Monday nights. I know that Friday, I know that Friday um, in local football, local as in South African football, is a big, is, is a, a big day for football uh, in, in, in Maritzburg. Uh, Maritzburg yeah, United, they always play every yeah, Friday they night. They games I don't on Friday nights that. and it's a fantastic turnout. Um, yeah. Well, I guess when they were doing well last season, I'm not too sure uh, this this season, but it's always a fantastic turnout when Maritzburg United do play their games on Friday evening, so perhaps it's something that uh, Emika, I agree with you, should be explored a bit more in South African football, but uh, as far as the two teams are concerned on the pitch, Ola, you watched that game, mm. it, it seemed that, and I guess Peter Musselman has mentioned this before, when he says that Pirates are always the team that never, you know, takes a, 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 foot, well, a step backwards when they're playing Mamelodi Sundowns, and yesterday, it seemed if you were to sort of look at the 90 minutes, the Pirates did have the better chances. I think Pirates, you know, since Mitchell has just taken over, there's just been a, a mindset shift mm. within Pirates. And you can see it in the belief of the players. And, you know, with yesterday, I thought that Pirates really played the sort of football that, you know, they deserve to edge out like a 1-0. Yeah. Although both teams at some point, I think that towards the later part of the game, realized, listen, there's no point, you know, killing ourselves, trying to go for the win, opening a door for a counter-attack, and we leave with nothing. But I think Pirates um, have just made, you know, their name clear in terms of title contenders now. Because ever since the treble... Uh, with Benny back mm. then, you know, Pirates haven't really been in that mix. And now you're seeing with Mitro that not only are they in the mix with, with um, the league, they're in the mix with Cups, African football. So there's greater things happening at Pirates. And I think Mitro has to be given credit. And I think if you're Sundowns, you now realize that, you know, for you to be at your best, you know, one of the Soweto Giants being Pirates, you know, that's one of the teams that you're going to have to, you know, really prepare yourself for yeah. a fight for, for the title all the way through to the end. So 
you know, as far as Sundown is concerned, I think, you know, it was a very good point for them. Obviously, it keeps them on top. Mm. And <laughs> they can sit back and fold their arms and watch Vits and Pirates again, you know, in a couple of days, you know, scrap it out again. And they can still be on top, yeah. you know, hopefully. Well, I'm not hopefully because I'm a Pirates fan. But, you know, I think uh, Sundowns really were the bigger winners at the end of the day with that point. And, and uh, Emika, you did mention that Pirates-Vits game that, that is coming up. Uh, you know, do you, do you think, how much, how much disappointment do you think, you know, the Buccaneers would, would have taken from that point knowing that a win would have put put them in such a great uh, you know position to not only go above sundowns but also come you know this clash against vids you know once and for all maybe end vids's title defense i mean well title assault well, I, 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 one, one thing i can say is that yes they'll be disappointed but i think they, they know also that they, they still have a chance and you know they, they, there's no better opportunity than to try and get bit out of the way mm-hmm. and if they, if they do win that game then you know that sundown sundown still has african distraction and maybe they could drop drop uh, one or two points but mm-hmm. the key at the end of the day for them is to keep going they still have a few more games to go so if they win the next game that that puts them in a better position uh, because then sundowns have the pressure of trying to to, to play too many games uh, before the end of the season yeah so um you know the, the fact that they didn't lose and, and that they and they, they, they had a very good showing that tells you that they, they've got a good a good uh, mindset. And I listened to Mitchu also after the game, and you know, yes, he was he was disappointed he didn't win, but I mean, he he, he took a lot of uh, pride in how his boys uh, approach the game and how how much uh, they they can still do before the end of the season. And we've seen that with Paris out of Africa, they, they, their focus now is on trying to get yeah. something out of this. Purely on on the league. I'll, I'll tell you uh, yes. one player that <laughs> really impressed me for someone who's played so little football in in the past, I guess, year. Lavu Mamela was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he is. You know, when that guy is on song, right, and you know he keeps it simple, mm. right. He really is a good player. And in fact, I think even in the last game, yeah, um, against Sundowns, he was also you know uh, quite yeah, he a standout. Yeah. He was everywhere. Mm. So, you know, he's one of those players that you know he has the ability even to be at you know at that Bafana level yeah. consistently. But I think it's just a run of consistency that you're looking for from him. And you know, I mean, unfortunately, he did go off. So hopefully, it's not yeah. like another lengthy you know period uh, off the pitch as well for him. Yeah, he's also struggled with the injuries over the mm. last year. But um, I think the other player that really, you know, um, I, he's one of my favorite players, Musa Nyatama for me. I, you know, in terms of a midfield general for mm. me, that's the sort of player that Pirates should have signed years ago. I'll never forget, I watched an MTN8, uh, sorry, Netbank Cup game. Uh, and the, the irony of this game was that Pirates wore green and Bluffington Celtic wore black <laughs> <laughs> in that Netbank Cup game. And... Musa Nyatama just stole the show and I kept saying to people Pirates need to sign this guy mm. immediately and once they did you saw the difference he made last season in the midfield hence Pirates push for the title and you can see it again in these big games he's got such a cool head great pass of the ball and he's really really got um, a, 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 an eye for a pass mm. in terms of just uh, attacking and opening up spaces for the uh, attacking players uh, Tiani Mabunda was voted man of the match uh, on Twitter, especially the reaction to that wasn't quite. you know, a lot of people did feel you know it was a bit suspect. Imika, your best player uh, from that game? Um, I think for, for, for me, it's not even about best player. It was just the, the one player that I, I liked his industry was much. 
Um, and he did. He did have. Mm. A, he had one one moment where he, he could have pulled it because remember that with, with with the recent Bafana games, there was always this whole thing about you know should, does he deserve to to to, to get a, a bit more time? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I and I think yes, he did. He picked up a yellow card, but that was more for his industry. And I think that's something that that um, you know that I really liked. You know his his work rate mm. and and how much how much distance he covers. Um, you know, sometimes you don't even know whether he's he's a forward or he's mm. <laughs> he's defending. He's just all over the place. Uh, th- th- there was a w- one tackle, um, a red card and no red card, Inika, for you, uh, Libahang Mabui, uh, right? Uh, I think it was first off. Yeah. Uh, the one tackle that he made on, I can't remember who it was on. I, 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 I just can't remember who it was on. I, I, I think for me, you know. He, uh, he 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 was he made. Well, I mean, it should have been a red card. You think red card? Yes. Okay. Uh, why do you say that? You know, sometimes you you go over the top. Mm. Um, you know, with with with, with those, those those crunchy tackles. Sometimes you know you need to protect. It was very um, cynical. It was very cynical. Yeah. And yes. if memory serves me correctly, I think even in the last game that was the nil-nil uh, at Loftus, I think it was Mabo again who was at the centre of a red card incident mm. because there was a tackle that made benches clear uh, in that game. Yeah, and, yeah, I and, and I, I, yes. I think it might have been him. I'm sorry if, if I'm picking on you, Lebukhan. It might not have been you. But the point that I'm trying to make is that I, I think the, the referees in these big games are so tight-lipped, they don't want to give um, an early, uh, especially dismissal, yeah. uh, to one of the teams. And, you know, and I think, you know, at, at some times I always think, okay, credit to the ref for keeping the momentum. You want to see 11 players at all time. But, you know, even the Sundowns players, there were some tackles that were flying in early Oof, that yeah. I thought to myself that ref, like, you know, at some point, like a card has to come mm-hmm. out here. So maybe the ref was just trying to keep, you know, parity on both sides. But I think Mabo's one was really, really reckless and should have been yeah. sent off. That no, was definitely reckless. And uh, especially in that position of the pitch uh, from a player like that who, I mean, he doesn't go in for tackles. So, you know, the fact that he went in, he knew exactly what he was doing. He was literally diffusing the situation, which was extremely dangerous for Mamanodi Sundowns. Uh, but uh, he got a yellow card. And in the end, uh, both sides finished with uh, four. Hall of players, but uh, not really a full Hall of points, uh, which again does open the door, which I guess has been uh, a jar for quite a while now for Vets uh, to try Imika and uh, get the better of Pirates, and in doing that they'll place even more pressure on Mamanodi Sundowns. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 I, I, went, I went to the game, the same game last year um, and, you know, the thing with Vets is um, at home when you expect them to try and win these games, they they kind of struggle when they when they up against the, the, the really big opponents. I mm. mean, they, they had a chance also uh, when they played Sundowns uh, not too long ago. Yeah, uh, you know the, the, that, that was that was a game that they, they probably would have taken uh, pretty much. But at home, they, there's there's that pressure, and, and I don't see maybe because of the size of their stadium and also the fact that when they play the big the big boys, the stadium gets filled up. Mm. Um, I think that puts a lot of pressure pressure on them, and and that that we will see when when Pirates come calling again. So uh, th- my, my worry, I mean, I've seen them struggle against Cape Town City also. Mm. Uh, you know, it's it's, it's that it's that pressure that they that they, they they kind of have, and they've had the chance a bit earlier um, where where they, they probably would have been more comfortable, but they dropped so many points and allowed Paris, um, Sundowns to claw their way back yeah. back into contention. Now Paris putting down their neck, so 
this, this game will, will make or break their season. I, I, I have I to I have to agree with you, especially on the back of uh, you know the Netbank Cup, where again we saw something that's been very strange as far as Vits are concerned in recent times. You know, going into December, early January, Vits were by far the, had, the, had the the best defensive record. They were untouchable when it comes to uh, defending. They've since conceded. So many goals at the weekend. I mean, that game was that, that, that game ended four. Four. That's, yeah. that's that's insane. And and this and this was with the the, the first you know choice you know, backline. Yes, but Tyson Fatoy wasn't there. Yeah. yeah, you know, and uh, yes. uh, but the really solid. Santi was there. Uh, was yeah, there. You know, so uh, it's it's. I mean, and you could see from Gavin Hanko like that he he himself couldn't quite believe what was going on because Vitz conceding four goals does not happen. I think anybody considering four in South African football, it yeah. just doesn't happen, <laughs> you know. So it, it is a shock to the system. And I think maybe that's just another sign to show that, you know, maybe the pressure is telling on yeah. us because they now only yeah, have... We, we complain about, about about not seeing enough goals. You know, you know. imagine if we had eight goals last night. That, that, that would oh, have been... Oh. Seemed, that's all that was missing for that game. <laughs> But no, definitely there is there is a pressure on Vitz, and you know I guess it has told. I mean they went through a, a period where they I think they they were winless in four league games uh, in recent times, and have conceded a, a number of goals as well. So uh, again, this game against Pirates is going to be de- uh, defining, season defining for them. Uh, but before we move on, I want to ask for Pirates though, if they don't win this one, maybe another draw. What does that mean, Paula? You know this season has been so topsy turvy. You would say, yes, Pirates are out of it. But then, you know, Black Leopards, I think, play Vitz soon. And that's going to be a big game. And, you know, who knows where, you know, that could happen. I mean, you had Sundowns where mathematically everybody had Sundowns winning the league because of the games in hand. And they drew every single game. So it's hard to say that if Pirates lose or draw to Vitz, they're out of it. You know, this season has just been so unpredictable. I think we just have to take it on a game-by-game basis. Okay, so game-by-game basis. Uh, that is how tight things are going to be until the end of this APSA Premiership season, which has really been entertaining from start to finish uh, uh, up to date. And uh, when it comes to the, the league race, again, uh, you know, two, three weeks ago, we were talking about a seven-team race, but it, it, it does seem that things have sort of petted out a bit, uh, Imika, and we do have three teams that are gunning for the title. Or forget the other. I mean, Cape Town City. Look, they, they, even beyond mathematically, are still very much in the picture. But I'm not too sure if they've got the staying power uh, that is needed in, in order to challenge Sundowns. Well, I, I think that, that this this season, this is the league will go to the wire. I think we, we might go to the last week. Um, I wouldn't write out the right of Cape Town City. I just want to say, uh, with Sundowns, we've seen whenever they they are comfortable, uh, that's when they drop points. So. Um, let's let's just fasten our seatbelts and enjoy the ride because I think that um, you know it's still going to be maybe four teams until the last the last week. Mm. Uh, we will see more drama. Okay, so uh, absolutely. As far as you can see, Cape Town City is still in the picture. Don't forget, don't forget. Some of them will come up against teams fight battling relegation. Mm. Yeah, I, I think Pirates still have to play and uh, Leopards as well away from home. If yeah, I'm not mistaken. that's why I said Black Leopards yeah. will have the key to this uh, title race yeah. because I think they play Pirates. Uh, I think they play Pirates. Vits. Do they not host Sundowns as well? I think they play Pirates, Vits, Sundowns, and Supersport, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. But I know they're definitely playing Pirates and yeah. Vits, but I think it's also Sundowns and Supersport. 
I don't know which one is where. I don't know which one is where, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, so still plenty to uh, go before this uh, particular season is decided. Uh, Netbank Cup football uh, we saw uh, over the weekend as well. Gen, and uh, Gen, 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 it, looks, it, it looks like I'm, I'm going to have to run. Uh, I'll, I'll you running? You guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no worries, you mean no problem. <laughs> but uh, uh, an open cup football caller, um, four teams remain. Uh, one of them mm. is Kaiser Chiefs. And uh, based on how they started this campaign, how, how they started this, this tournament with those two rather uh, drab wins against lower division teams, and then they put in a performance like that. Uh, I guess it doesn't it doesn't really help us in figuring out exactly which Kaiser Chiefs is going to pitch up on which day. Look, I tell you what, for Kaiser Chiefs, right, right now, um, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel and it could be sunshine because the league mathematically might not be in your favor, mm. right, in terms of going out there and trying to get go for it because a lot of things have to happen there. But you're two games away from Silverway, mm. right? You're 180 minutes for just producing something that will just bring respite to, you know, a dismal season that they had in the beginning with Solinas. And, you know, Middendorp might just etch him back in South African favor because, you know, most people when Middendorp was appointed, I being one of them, uh, was, you know, very skeptical because mm. I thought to myself, this guy's a jerk. And he's been here, he's been there. And I even said that, you know, he's been to more provinces in this country <laughs> as a coach <laughs> than I have been a South African. So, and, you know, it looks like I'm having to swallow my words every week. And, you know, Chiefs fans, I think right now, you know, I think the league is just, um, you know, play, you know, um, the cause that you're given with the league. But definitely you have to go all in. Um, with uh, the NetBank Cup because, you know, essentially you, you could be facing, uh, you know, a team that's really unfancied um, uh, in the final. And, uh, you know, Chiefs... Finalists, TS Galaxy and yeah, Golden Arrows. Yeah, can, yeah. can I get my uh, props? Because I called that TS Galaxy right on this show, right here. <laughs> and our producer just didn't even send me a message to say, well done for getting that one right. But anyway... I said the Plume Celtic one as yeah. well. Because you, I said Golden Arrows I said Golden Arrows as yeah. well. Because I said um, Steve Compelle, if there's one mm. team that he does not want to lose to, mm. is uh, Bloomfontein yeah. Celtic. Yeah. Right? And 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 the chip one. I think you and Nika called that as well. This is a terrible weekend for me not to gamble but anyway <laughs> right um you know you, you have to give uh, chiefs uh, i mean they're 13 time champions of mm. this uh, competition so they know how to win it and i think with a team like chiefs the deeper you know teams one thing as a pirates fan i always admired about chiefs growing up is that the deeper competition kids especially cup football it's just in their DNA to know how to just get it right mm. you know it doesn't matter who the coach is doesn't matter who the players are when you're 13-time champions of a specific cup, you, um, uh, a specific trophy, right? There's something that within the club, they know how to get, you yeah. know, the, the mood, the atmosphere, the psyche, right? So I think if you're a Chiefs fan, you know, you would be, you know, more confident in winning the NetBank Cup than, you know, you obviously winning the league. Mm. And uh, I mean, speaking of Chiefs fans and the, the, the way in which they came out, uh, at Timbombela Stadium as well. It was such a fanta uh, fantastic spectacle to watch. And I kept thinking to myself as a Chiefs fan, you know, that type of turnout again deserves a team that, you know, is playing good football, playing winning football. And now that they're going to be traveling to Chipper United as well, uh, where, you know, in that region, Chiefs have got a fantastic following. So yeah. we know that in the semi-final, they're going to have a great turnout as well. 
it, it would be it would be almost criminal for them to not get to the final. I think it will be criminal because I mean, like I said, when you're 13 time champions, right? Mm. The expectation just gets higher and higher and higher the deeper you go into the competition. And you know, although I you know I watched the Chipper game, and I must say Dan Malisela, um, you know, really. Uh, seems to also be uh, putting something together where he might be considered for a PSL job uh, outside, um, you know, from um, a TS, uh, mm, TS Galaxy. Mm. So, you know, I, I, when I looked at him on the weekend, I thought to myself, man, you know, like TS Galaxy, uh, with the way they're playing, you know, you could see a mini Barroca, you know, uh, coming out of there. Yeah. And if Chiefs land up against a TS Galaxy, you know, remember when she was played by Rocker that first time all those years ago. I so can't forget. <laughs> it could be tricky <laughs> if they do meet in the final. Yeah. But I still think Chiefs just have, you know, uh, as I alluded to, it's just in the DNA. They have the tools. Mm. They have the confidence. They have the belief now that mm. we're only 180 minutes away from salvaging a season that literally started off pear-shaped. And, you know, they could end up... I mean, you, Three you, coaches you, later. You look at, um, at Pirates and Sundowns, we were mm. talking about earlier, right? As much as they've had a good season, they could also end the season coupless, yeah. right? And not win the league. Maybe Vitz, you know, come out of the shadows and yeah. just win the league. Whereas Chiefs, despite, okay, we didn't win the league, but they can say, hey, look, we won a cup. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm thinking of, of a, a couple of storylines that, that could very well play out uh, going into the final. Uh, you you could have Chippa against TS Galaxy, uh, Chippa United against their old coach, yeah. Dan. You could have Golden Arrows against uh, against Chippa. Chip. You could have <laughs> the two coaches. Golden uh, Arrows with uh, yeah, uh, Chiefs. Clinton Larson against his old team. Yeah. You could have Golden Arrows, Chiefs, where <laughs> Steve the Gompella... The are plenty. Steve Gompella will be spitting fire both verbally and on the side of the pitch as well, should that be the case going into the final. So a lot to look forward to in the NetBank Cup. I think uh, the semi-finals will be played over the 12th and 13th, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think that's the weekend. Yeah, so uh, a lot to look uh, out for there. And it could very well be the end of this uh, so-called drought the Chiefs have been on as far as winning uh, cups uh, con well, is concerned. So uh, kudos to Ernst Middendorp. He's taking a lot of credit for the win. And uh, I guess uh, for the way the Chiefs have played uh, in, in perhaps the last two months, they have created plenty of chances in the games they've played. I think they're now unbeaten in seven in all competitions, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So uh, again, he seems to be doing something right over at Amakosi. You are listening to the Pitch Invasion podcast, the podcast for football travelists. And uh, speaking of doing something right, uh, Manchester United have finally got a permanent coach. And no, it's not Mauricio Pochettino. Uh, no, it's not Zinedine Zidane. It is a baby-faced assassin that uh, scored over 100 goals for the team and has come back and led Manchester United to a somewhat more respectable position on uh, the standings through to the quarterfinals of the UEFA Champions League and he'd been rewarded on a three-year contract. I always knew that Alex Ferguson would eventually come back to football. I mean, uh, he's, <laughs> he's done great ever since taking over from Mourinho and, you know, you can always, you, you've always seen his touch, you know, the, the old, the vintage United. Uh, culminating with that great comeback against PSG. So I never doubted that Alex Ferguson, you know, would come <laughs> back eventually at some point into uh, coaching. And it's just good to see him uh, back in the game. I mean, we miss those sort of characters. But, you know, <laughs> but look, what choice did United have? Yeah. I mean, um, they were going to have to pay a lot to get uh, Pochettino out of his yeah. contract. 
And you know they, they've paid a lot in you know letting Van Gaal go yeah. and uh, Mourinho go. Yeah, so Moyes, whose contract Moyes, still hasn't come you up. Know? So <laughs> I think you know they. I think they're done with paying coaches um, that amount of money. So I think it was the safer option as well. I mean, when you look at the fact that uh, Zidane, you know, is now signed with um, with Real Madrid, so they really didn't have much of a choice, which makes me a bit curious uh, in terms of you know the timing of it because. It, it, it just then feels like, you know, Solskjaer was the last option, you know. Mm. It, it, I'd have the same feeling. Look, if a girl asked me two nights before a matric dance, that, hey, I don't have a matric dance date, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Then I know that, listen, for the last six months, you knew you had this, you yeah. know, so who, who rejected you? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you asking me two yeah. nights before? So that's how I feel about the Solskjaer thing, because if they really wanted him from the get-go, they should have signed him. Well, obviously not from the get-go, but after a decent run of performances, yeah. they would have signed him. Uh, how long is a decent run of performances, though? Was it 10 games? Was it 15? I think, I think 10 games, you know, is, is enough for you to get a, a signal like, look, okay, this is where this is where this guy uh, is taking us. Especially yeah. 10 games where you factor in there's an FA Cup, the Champions mm-hmm. Leagues, the derbies. And this guy has stayed afloat. So I think even after then, they should have given them the contract. Because I then think that, you know, they probably looked at the fact that Zidane has signed. And Zidane is trying to take away our players. And boy, is he trying. There have been reports of, you know, Barcelona, Marcus Rashford. Mm. There are reports of Marta in Barcelona. Herrera, PSG. Exactly. So I think United literally had to put their foot in their mouths and just sign Solskjaer. I'm not sure that Solskjaer was the guy that they wanted. Mm. Although the record suggests that Solskjaer should have been the guy. Yeah. But I'm looking at the fact that when Zidane signed, they gave him a, a, a contract and with the years sealed. Mm. That means that Zidane has time to sit back and start phoning agents. Yeah. When Solskjaer is there, he can't phone agents. He doesn't know how long he's going to be there mm. for. Neither can players get his guarantee or his word that he's going to be there. So, I mean, Paul Pogba the other day came out praising Zidane, mm. right? And <laughs> now Solskjaer has been given a permanent contract. So how is he going to manage that? So I think United, in announcing this, could have done more psychological damage uh, to the fan base and more so to the players because you signed the you signed the coach now right you've given him the contract now real madrid are coming they've got bucks to spend mm. psg have got money to spend and david de Gea hasn't signed his contract mm. so you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself okay well if you're man united and you wanted all these players and you wanted this coach and you didn't get all these guys and you're signing olegana so shy what if he doesn't make top four, yeah. right? I mean, which is a, a what if he doesn't make top four? Yeah. So now you could be sitting there, literally, signed Solskjaer out of the top four, and all the big clubs courting your players. Personally, as an Arsenal fan, I would love to see that. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you would. Uh, but uh, I mean, look. Uh, We've spent, ever since he got signed, and maybe after like his fifth game, we've, we've spent every episode talking about the fact that he should get signed up. He should be given the contract. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm not sure I understand So what's changed since then, because it seems and, like on your part... They, they, they've signed him yeah. when he's at his worst run. Quote, mm. you know, inverted commas, yeah. like his worst run, you know. Which is what, two two games? <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, it, it, it's really strange. It's, it's an odd one, that. And I think, you know, when you sign a coach early and you give him... Uh, you know, the contract early, right? Mm. It gives him time to plan for the next season and time to court, like I said, players and agents, Mm. as you can see with Zidane. 
obviously Real Madrid are not going to fall out of the top four in Spain. They are going to qualify for the yeah. Champions League. That's a guarantee. So now he has time to make sure that, you know, we finish in a respectable place, second or third. But also off the field, he's got time to say, okay, I'm looking at the players now mm. and I need to also look at, keep one now in the future. Let me just go send out my scouts. Let me send out uh, various club representatives. Mm. Go speak to people. Solskjaer couldn't do that, yeah. right? Because he didn't know if he was going to have the permanent job. Uh, so but, now... It, it, does, it does help, you know, Zidane's cause or and case that, I mean, either way, he has to rebuild at Madrid. Like he knows, yeah. they know that, okay, we have to rebuild. Whereas maybe at United, it's a case of they only need three or four new signings really in, 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 in certain positions to reinforce the squad or reinvigorate the squad. Uh, but then another thing is, on top of that, they might have not have they might have not thought to themselves that we need to actually be fighting to keep hold of the players that we actually do have, which is now uh, you know the case for them, and that's a different challenge altogether. Yeah, which is why I said it's it's a curious time to give him the contract because if Man United were guaranteed top four, mm. I'd understand that because you're saying okay they're guaranteed top four, he's led us uh, back into the Champions League, and we need to reward him for that. But, you know, you could have a disastrous season where United, you know, obviously, uh, if they don't win the Champions League and they fall out of the top four mm. race, you know, what, what, what then happens? Because then you're back to that, you know, Louis van Gaal situation where a manager comes in picking up after a disaster and he himself has to resurrect some form of a reputation. Mm. He has to lift the spirits up. So there's a lot for Solskjaer to do. Uh, next season and I think if you're a United fan you're worrying more now because the last thing you want to hear is De Gea's got no contract signed mm. Paul Pogba's praising Zinedine Zidane Herrera's agreed terms that's the last thing you want to hear yeah. after you've just you know put your, your, your coach has just put pen to paper so it's quite a weird way that Man United have dealt with this situation and I'm not so sure it's the best way because I think, you know, from a lot of friends of mine that are United fans, it, it almost has left them in a, in a confused state, you know, that how can our club, as great as we are, you know, take such a long time to sign up a coach and our best player hasn't signed a contract, our most expensive player is talking about how nice it would be playing for Zidane. Mm. That's unheard of in Man United mm. waters. So I think it's a really weird time for United, you know, uh, leading to the end of the season. Well, you spoke about the Champions League and uh, what happens if they go on and win it? I know, I know. Do not laugh. Don't laugh. Mm. But I'm just saying, what if they just go on and win it? Stranger things have happened. But you know what? Um, I, I, look, the, the Champions League for me this year is wide open, right? And I, I wouldn't put it past United. I still have United beating Barca, to be honest to you. I wouldn't put it past them going to the final. And who knows from there? But I think, you know, it, it looks like it's panning out to be that Di Matteo situation yeah. where you fall out of the top four and the Champions League is all you have. I think they went to the camp now, um, Chelsea, oh, that yeah. one year where yeah. they were unfancied and somehow Torres, who hadn't scored in like 15 years, <laughs> you know, eventually scores the goal at the camp. Right. So, you raised, uh, do, uh, do you know what I mean? So you're, you know, you're, you're looking at the yeah. same sort of picture that's panning out as it did with uh, Chelsea. But, you know, it, it's going to be interesting, you know, um, for United. But the Champions League is definitely, I, I wouldn't put it past their uh, mm. capabilities. And this and this is this is with you know a Barcelona team that is led by 
uh, you know, Lionel Messi, who's bah. again playing football that is bah. exactly who's playing football that is literally, you know, un, <laughs> unheard of and unseen. Uh, you still fancy United? But uh, can we? Sorry, I know this is slightly off topic. Speaking of uh, the Champions League. Arsenal are, are back in the the race for the the Champions League. We're not so talking about people that are back next in season, the race. Next season, we could have another uh, uh, contender for the Champions League title. Just I'm just saying. I'm Which just team saying. is this? The uh, team that hasn't made it past the round of 16 in, in, in no, donkey years? No, 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 no. We, come on, we, we've got a squad together this year. We've got oh a manager for the first time no, in about, what, Paula, 22 on, years? Please, please. I'm not sure about the squad that you speak of. <laughs> I mean, there's only like, what, a point between the, the, the four teams? It's getting hot, that race. Ah, it's really it getting is. hot. It really is getting I, hot. You know what? Can I be honest with you? I said this whole thing. I think the top four race is actually much more exciting than the... The, the title race because I think with Liverpool and City they're playing with our hearts man one of you just get a hold of that title <laughs> and win it for God's sake I'm tired of this going last minute winners know, uh, and one week you know Liverpool's on top and then next week and then a game before Saturday this one's on yeah. top Sunday that one is, I'm tired of it now just one of you get on with it the top four race is it's lit it's where it's at I'm telling you I'm telling you right I think I think Spurs have chosen the wrong time to lose form because they have literally they, they've tumbled I literally think, tumbled I think they've chosen the wrong time to go to the new stadium I think because it's, I mean you're going to have to get used to yeah. uh, playing on there I mean look how long it took Arsenal just to get that feel mm. of uh, the Emirates I mean you're moving from Highbury such a small intimate ground and then boom to the Emirates so mm. the style of football is is, is not going to come you know as easily as they think it's going to come so mm. I think I mean they also about, took a while to, to, to settle at Wembley yeah it took yeah. a while so I think Tottenham, you know, of those teams, I think, but their running though is a lot better than Chelsea, Arsenal, and uh, and Man United uh, because for Spurs, yeah, for yeah. Spurs because I don't know who in the Premier League what vendetta they have against Arsenal, but I mean, five of the last seven games for Arsenal are away from home, mm. four of which are team, teams chasing that Europa League uh, seventh spot because yeah. obviously uh, with Man City having won. Uh, the Carabao Cup mm. and Chelsea, you know, being the finalists who will be in the um, the Europa League either way or in European football, mm. so it will fall to the seventh team. So, you know, it, it's not going to be easy for Arsenal. But you know, April twenty fourth, I think you've got Wolves playing Arsenal and the Man City derby, so the Manchester derby. So I think you could have an interesting. Um, the, the top four and the league could possibly be decided <laughs> on, on April day. 24th. <laughs> Go on, Wolves. Do your thing. That's all I have to what, say about Tonight that. against United? Uh, no, no. <laughs> that's all I have to say. But uh, let's uh, let's let's quickly go back to the Champions League before we close and uh, look at the because uh, look, April is a Champions League quarterfinal month, and we've got you've st- we've touched on United against Barcelona. We know that uh, Juve have got Ajax. Uh, there's a bit of doubt with Ronaldo, but he's definitely going to be back for that one. I, I can bet my last dollar. Oh, he'll be there. For um, sure. City have got uh, Tottenham. City Tottenham. Tottenham. Uh, best Liv- time for for City to be playing Tottenham as well um, and then there's Liverpool Porto Liverpool Porto which I think is going to go only one way so I, I, must, be, I must be honest with you I, you know no. Liverpool for no. me no 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 hear me out no. right Liverpool against teams that they really expected Mm-mm. to do well and beat they they just don't see it through they don't, don't see, see it, it through I don't see it and I, I mean I saw it in the Champions League where you know against uh, Napoli Right, they struggled against Napoli both games. But that was, that was a, a hot nap against Red Star Belgrade. They went okay. away from home. That's a different story. And they story, were yeah. turned up, upside down. Mm. 
and you see traces of it in the league as well. And I'm not so sure, you know, they can go to the Dragao there in Porto and, you know, they can pull up these stunts. They, they went can... there two seasons ago, if I'm not mistaken, and won like 5-0. Yeah, that was two seasons ago. Yeah, but I mean, it's, 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 <laughs> it's, so it, it's doable. That's, that's what I'm saying. You've done and it I, before. And I think what does help them is that the first leg is at home. Yeah. Because I think one thing about Liverpool that they've shown this season is that uh, they're the sort of team that you know when they backs up against the wall. Even if they have to travel, they mm. will bring you. They will bring a game. Mm. So I think you know Liverpool. You know they could they could be confident going to that game. But you know I feel sorry for Ajax more than anybody because I mean they, they've. Play, I think it would have been nice if Ajax played Porto. I think they would have had a better chance against yeah. Porto. But this is a fantastic generation uh, that Ajax have now. I, 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 do, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't written the, the eulogy <laughs> just yet. Against Juventus? I don't. I, 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 uh, listen, listen. The thing is, the thing is, Ajax didn't beat Madrid because Madrid were on the way down. Ajax played great football. And Ajax have been playing great football. They drew against Bayern uh, during the group stages, playing great football. And Ajax... We'll go into that game. Yes, they'll probably concede. You know, Ronaldo will jump higher than anyone else and nod home or, or arrive and tap in. That Delicht kid looks like he's, uh, he's you, on to you something. Know what I mean? If you take him, you take uh, uh, um, 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 Boss's uh, signing. Just forgot his name. Um, De Jong. De Jong. Who, who, the, the, that Brazilian kid, who Neres. Who has been absolutely brilliant. The, the one who terrorized yeah. it, Neres. Yeah. You, uh, take, you take Dusan Tadic. Tadic. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, these are, these are players that at this level have been playing fearless football for a while now, despite their young age, a lot of them. And they can, and uh, let me put it this way, I wouldn't be surprised if they do beat Juventus. It wouldn't be a surprise. You know what, I'll I tell you why I think it would be a surprise. For me, Juventus just have... An all-round team that even on paper, I just struggle to, you know, for me, whenever it's a tight game, I just, I know people always say don't play a game on paper, mm. but I'm sorry, I do that, right? And it's a process of elimination. And I'm looking at Matuidi, Douglas Costa, Dybala, Ronaldo, Chiellini, Emre Chan. Mm. And, you know, Alexandro, and I'm looking at all these players, and I'm thinking, Moise Keane, mm. you know, I'm thinking to myself, how are Ajax going to handle all of that? And I just don't see them, you know, they, they might have the verve and, and just the, you know, the exuberance of youth to mm. push them, but to actually beat them when Juventus, all the, Juventus have won the league, so mm. all the marbles are in the Champions League. And I'm not so sure a young team you know, can beat an experienced team when, you know, there's so much to play for. Like you saw when they played United in the Europa League final. Yeah. Uh, mm. Those couple of okay. five or many years ago it was. Okay, so Kola, you're going with Juventus as far as that one is concerned. You are going for Porto, if, I'm, if I were Porto. You. Porto Sorry, <laughs> against Amica. Liverpool. Uh, going for United against Barcelona. Yep. And... Uh, City Spurs. If anyone wants to make big money, come back with me. <laughs> City Spurs? Ah, uh, City. City, okay. Well, look, Ola is, is, is the best person to, to be calling these because he's just had a great weekend this past weekend. Yeah, but I didn't bet. It doesn't count for <laughs> that. I didn't bet. So <laughs> he's had a great weekend, but uh, that is pretty much all we do have for episode 32. Do look out for some big games of football between now and the next episode, including in uh, both uh, the Premier League, in uh, the uh, local league in 
South African football as well, where a lot is going to be done, uh, said and done before the end of the season as far as the title race is concerned. And of course, those who are going to be relegated. And in closing, relegation, Huddersfield already gone. And that means for the likes of Fulham, the likes of, of, of Southampton, it, the job just gets that much tougher. Yeah, it just gets tougher. And I think like those teams that you mentioned, I think they're the ones, Cardiff and Fulham, I yeah. think, are the ones that are following suit. Mm. Okay, so... Cheers to Huddersfield. Cheers to all of you who have uh, lent us your ear over the past hour or so. We will be hearing from you, episode 33. Goodbye for now. Cheers. Pitch Invasion is the podcast for football travelers. To contribute to the show, pose a topic of debate, or just complain about your favorite team, send us a WhatsApp voice note on plus two seven six zero nine. Two one six nine seven seven. That's plus two seven six zero nine two one six nine seven seven. Or send us a text message starting with hashtag Pitch Invasion. Remember to follow the Pitch Invasion podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username Pitch Invaded.